This is a homebrew podcast. Hello, New City! It's a beautiful night. Our sister moon is high, bright, and full. The city sleeps, and that's when the disco awakens. I hope if you can hear the music, you can still feel it. But before we start spinning, Quick notice to anyone not trying to get their ticket punched. Avoid Bridgemore Street. We have reports of an officer down. That's right, a bee has been a bullet at some little hole in the wall. And we've got chrome, bone, and viscera all over the streets. And I wouldn't want you to get those new kicks stained. Welcome to the Homebrew Campaign 2 Retrograde Infinitum Players. You are at that little hole in the wall tavern, Trigante in all caps, of course, hearing the record of your story begin to spin as many great adventures do in a tavern. This tavern, however, is on fire. There are civilians screaming and fleeing. There is shattered glass everywhere as a hailstorm of bullets begins to fly carelessly. There are tables flipped between you and the booster gang you are here to meet. You were hired by a new fixer in town, Granny Cowan, to execute a simple pickup and trade. At least it should have been fast and easy. A quick fee to keep Kellen's name off the job, but a B, which is a Bureau of Politics Enforcement Officer or a lawman, was in the wrong place at the wrong time, sniffing around where they shouldn't. And some dumbass druggie coked to shit booster got spooked and started shooting. Now, you're stuck without the case you came to procure. There is a bee on the ground between you and the boosters who have the case you're here for, and it's only a matter of time before the bee's hive shows up. Cody, you are crouched in front of one of New City's new imported vending machines. These things are everywhere since New City made contact with the OIT, which is the Offices of Intergalactic Treaties. Uh, And you're used to vending machines on every corner. Uh, Noodles, frozen food, drinks, medical supplies. But these are like brand new ones and they're shiny and they just kind of stand out like a sore thumb against uh, New City's hundreds of year old machines. The one directly behind you has taken a stray bullet and its display screen is flickering with a picture of one of these outsider radio legends, Carl Gauss, and it's spitting out green gorgons into a pile on the ground while it malfunctions. Just one at a time, clunk, clunk, and they're starting to pile up around this vending machine. Uh, Describe your character, Cody. Please remember, this place is on fire. People are screaming and scattering. There is a dying bee gurgling blood with a bullet in her neck. Glass is shattered everywhere. And the junkies across the bar are like laughing maniacally and unloading their ammunition in your direction. Uh, Who are you and what do you do in this moment? My character's name is Roger Socko. I am a nice young lad and I have long flowing luxurious hair. I have some face makeup across my eyes to keep myself hidden. And I've got a, a pretty nice shirt. It cost me about everything I got. It's designer. It's nice. Some tight leather pants. I've got me guitar, And I've got me huge-ass gun that was recommended to me by my friend, Callus. I will stand up in front of this vending machine. I will look at these boosters, as you call them. You done fuck with the wrong lads, mate. And I will open fire with my very nice big gun. Right, so Roger stands up, uh, hair just kind of gloriously flowing in the wind. 
and just starts to fire back at, at these gangers who are just shooting at all of you. Tyrell. Yes. You're sitting at the bar, finishing your drink, and uh, I imagine relatively unmoved by the pandemonium unfolding behind you. Uh, on the TV screen up above the bar, you see um, there's one of these like off-world media conglomerates on the TV. They've been on all the stations lately. Uh, and there's a show called UNN News. Realize it's like a rerun, but there is one of these off-worlders, and they're telling the story of your world of salvation, of the moon that you are on right now. And it's going over kind of a brief history of your planet's destruction and everyone evacuating to the moon where you live now, which sadly is as far back as the history books go on New City. Um, but it's it's news for all of them. Sitting beside you is Bruce, your assistant. He has kind of nervously and studiously placed himself between you and the boosters, and he's trying really hard to keep, like, as cool as you are. Uh, but you see his hands, like, shaking as he, like, holds a glass of whiskey. And for whatever reason, the boosters seem pretty fixated on the flipped tables, and they aren't really shooting in your direction yet. Right. So, Callus is a long, lean, handsome fellow, uh, as denotes his breed. Uh, he is very Doberman Pinsir-like in his look and um, in his exec suit. As he said, he's calm, collected, sitting, having a drink. Um, and he turns to Bruce and says, You see, Bruce, this is why the dregs can never climb out of their holes. They have no nuance and no patience. Now we're going to have to go into more aggressive negotiations and you know how I deplore aggressive negotiations. And he turns and he stands up and he's like, let's get to it then, Bruce. And he opens up his suit jacket and there is also a huge, ridiculous hand cannon, except this one is silver plated and on the side is inscribed money talks. And he pulls it from his holster and uh, opens fire on the booster's not really paying attention to him from the bar stool that he's sitting on. Excellent. Emily. Yes. You have the schematics to Tragante pulled up on your agent. You're using the ID10T AI app on your agent, which is like your phone, your cellular device. You have this like little mini game on it that you use to mark these different AI construction oddities. So just the little places where the construction isn't like quite right. And you realize there's like a false wall behind you all. So, uh, and the owner of the Trigante has like pushed a vending machine in front of it. And these false walls are relatively common in New City as it's completely procedurally generated, AI built. If you don't, you know, if you don't look too close, it looks like a normal city from far away. But as you like get into it, there are, uh, you know, staircases to nowhere and doors that lead into just walls and elevators that just skip entire floors, just little like little glitches in the system. Mm -hmm. uh, your game has been rudely interrupted. Describe your character and tell me what you do. Yes, so Cece is what you would imagine as the typical pop punk Haley Williams-esque 20-something girl. She's got that layered bob with some blue streaks in it. She's got half-moon sunglasses that sit on the bridge of her nose. 
Um, very much generic chic style with a little bit of a business wear edge. And she is, she's got some like jewelry claws that look pretty dang sharp. She has dropped down behind a pushed over table and is sitting there watching this program go. And just kind of hearing the gunfire go behind her. Still need that case, gentlemen. All right, everybody, I got a way out, but we need that case first. Let's go. And it's just kind of holding there, preparing to duck under and start pushing at that machine to get it out of the way of that false wall. Yeah, gotcha. John, you are outside of the building. At the wheel of your loner, it's a beat-up Dandelion sedan. It's beige and has a brown strip down the side. And you have the radio on. You're listening to a Biotechnica roundtable podcast where they're discussing like OIT replication technology and how it might get married to New City's mycelium production. So Salvation, the moon you live on, is about one-third of this procedurally generated city, and two-thirds of it is just these massive, rapid-growth mushroom forests. Um, New City's most prized resource is structure gel, and this stuff is capable of thousands of times larger and stronger, more sound creations than replication, but it's, like, much slower. It's, like, a tenth of the speed. So these two are theorizing about how these technologies might be able to get married, how they might be able to be synergetic with each other. Your show is interrupted. Uh, The windows of the Tragante shatter, and you hear shouting and gunfire. Uh, Glass just, like, shoots out into the street and starts to fall over uh, your vehicle. You look up, and again, you hear the shouting, you hear the gunfire. The first thing you see is a child, maybe, like, eight years old, And they're wearing a yellow t-shirt and they have gray shorts and they're holding a red ball. And he's just standing in front of your car, just looking right at you, Kat. You look in the building and you see this scene unfolding, uh, this officer down. Describe your character and tell me what you do. Well, a cat is a robot man. He's wearing nomad leathers from the waist down. And only thing covering his upper torso is this very bohemian uh, hemp trench coat and the most notable thing about him is probably his uh tv computer screens you know for a face that that's his head and it's quite amusing so what's cat doing small child with a ball by Rhonda, mm-hmm. staring at you and shattered glass all around him ah uh, hello small child i think that you should run away now hi what you doing i am preparing to shoot people what about you play you want to play we shall play hide and go seek mm, no thanks then i no longer wish to play with you and cat will just turn away from this child aim in through the windows at people and one hand finger gun like bang and then with the other hand out from his trench coat pulls out this big heavy pistol and he's gonna start shooting from outside in all right we've got the booster's pretty well flanked at this point Yandy, you are looking from behind a flipped table here in Tricante at the bee on the ground and trying to kind of assess the damage as she is spitting up blood and writhing around with her back bent all the way back. She seems to like have lost control of her arms, but not her legs somehow, or her legs are on full reflex, like trying to straighten her out, uh, but just sputtering, spitting up blood and rolling around on the ground here. The bees are the law on New City. They answer to the Bureau of Politics or the BOP. 
and like I said, they are BOP enforcement officers. Um, it's just a quick background on the Bureau. They were formed in a multi-corporate resolution around the second era of New City. And essentially, it's like the only form of centralized government on New City. The BOP board has a very, very secretive decision-making process, but the bees were organized to enforce the BOP resolutions. Uh, anyone who'd spent any amount of time on New City would know that for the most part, bees serve corpo interests. Why this bee was so interested in this deal is beyond you. Uh, even if she was looking for like an easy bust or a payday, she's alone, she only has a handgun, she's very obviously off duty. You can see like the red lights on her bio monitor from here are like flashing, like every bad possible thing that can be going on. And it's only a matter of time before her, you know, her hive shows up. And whatever you want to say about bees, they are intensely loyal to each other and are probably going to come in like ready for a fight. So you know, time is ticking. Describe your character. Tell me what you do. Um, Sapphire is a Kethic, which is a cat-like folk. Uh, she has um, very panther-like features and bone structure. She's tall for a Kethic, but that doesn't mean much. She's only about five foot ten, um, but she's always wearing these beautiful high heels that bring her up to a more average height of those around her. Sapphire has an air of confidence, always assertiveness, always holding herself tall and straight. She's wearing what I could best describe as rave wear, uh, bright colors, LED lights, um, always bringing attention to herself. And most notable across her face, she's got um, cyberware that covers her eyes, her nose, her ears. Um, that is always a very piercing neon blue when she's looking at you. Oh yeah. And Sapphire takes just a big breath. She's like, I can potentially save the bee, but we we really need to go. It's not good. She's going to die soon. We really need to start taking down some of these assholes. So if you could all hurry up, that would be great. And she's going to pull out from her back this very long, very well-maintained assault rifle. Um, pristine and she's just going to set it and balance it on the table and take a deep breath as she aims using her her actual eye surprisingly not her cyber eye as she just takes and does a headshot right through one of the men across from her um, taking them down absolutely can we please go uh yeah one of them blood sprays back over one of the booths in this little pub here uh, head snaps back, stops laughing, and just crumples. Roger, you still have a nice little pile of green gorgons behind you. Uh, one of the boosters has been taken out. Let's put, let's put a little marker on the one that has the case here. And I think he's gonna make a break for it. Just takes a dive through the shattered window here. What do you do, Roger? I'm going to pick up one of those green gorgons and crack it open and start walking over to this guy behind the table and I pull out my baseball bat with my other hand. Looks like your friend left you all alone, mate. I don't think you're gonna make it out of here. <laughs> and then I crush the can under my foot and then I crush him with the bat. <laughs> he does have a flair for the dramatic. Give him that. <laughs> uh, Callus. 
What do you and Bruce do? Ah, the feline is unfortunately correct. Bruce, finish this up. And uh, I put money down on the counter for my drinks and uh, straighten myself up, stand up, and um, start walking out um, of the establishment. And as I, like, come uh, parallel with where they are behind the thing, I just point my handgun and shoot one of the uh, boosters, um, the other booster not being assaulted with a baseball bat. Sure. Um, <laughs> and then holster my handgun and just keep walking out the door. All right, yeah, Bruce uh, really quickly kind of downs his drink and then uh, heads after you. Uh, I, I, I don't mean to be... What, what do you want me to do exactly? The case, Bruce. Get the case. Case. Get the case. Yes, good boy. And he, like, flies through this broken glass. (laughs) Just runs full speed, sprints, and tries to dive and tackle this guy. Hell yeah. Let's see. Roger, did you kill that guy? Or were you... The the fellow with the baseball bat. How hard we talking? (laughs) Uh, well, I'm not trying to go easy on him. I'll leave it up to chance. Okay, well, uh... <laughs> like brain? Also, don't try that hard, <laughs> hey, you know? You don't want to be a sway. <laughs> he looks up at you with all of his teeth broken and just nods. Like, yeah, don't try too hard to tease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just roll like a 1d10, and if it's if it's uh, below 5, we'll say... We'll say he makes it and just has some permanent brain damage. Or as they call it in New City, personality adjustment. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I got a five. What did I say? Below a five, he makes it? Isn't that what I said? Yes. Um, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say he... I'm going to say he immediately retires. It gets clean and goes home. <laughs> Smart move. I'm so proud of you. I knock some sense into him. Impressive. <laughs> he just. Do you know any therapists? <laughs> like, God, I smell um, toast. I'm hungry. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Give her your phone number on your way out, mate. Uh, Sapphire. No, wait. Emily. Yeah. Looks like the alternate exit is not needed. Um, you've got a bunch of dead boosters in this bar. Uh, you as a fixer know that maybe it wasn't your best introduction to this street, uh, shooting oh. up an establishment, but it wasn't entirely your fault. I'm sure there's some security footage around here who can, you know. Uh, what do you do as Bruce is chasing out the one with the case you're here to get? She's, she's still got her agent up. She's gonna call Kat on her agent and be like, hey Kat, you got that case incoming? Grab it. Let's load out. Let's just get out of here before the rest of the hive shows up. She's gonna start making her way out. <laughs> Yeah. Very much just kind of resigned. Like, all right, you know, take the job, they said. It'll be a fine, just easy handoff. It's fine. It's a good introduction. Grandma's <laughs> going to be so mad at me. Uh, Kat, what do you do? So Bruce has just flown through a bunch of broken glass. You see he's already, like, got a few cuts. This booster, same thing. He's got the case. Looks like he's about to make a break for it. Um, and you've got a little kid standing next to you with a little red ball. What's up? What are you guys doing? I thought you said you didn't want to play. Oh, one second, as I just get the message from <laughs> Cece, and I'm like, um, 
we're playing Get the Case, and Cat's gonna walk right abo above this guy who just like jumped out the window. And I don't know if Bruce landed on him after jumping through the window also at him. I don't know. But while he's just like starting to get up, Cat's gonna walk over and just point his gun at the dude, shoot, and take the case and walk over to Rhonda. Okay. <laughs> he's just like. The guy is like, wait, 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 wait. Bang. And he dies. <laughs> so, Cat has the case. And he's walking. He, he will proceed to walk over to the, the other side of his Rhonda and prepare to get in. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, other than the dying person in the center of the area, you're not in danger anymore. So, act as you will. Kid, we're going to play Time to Run Away. I'm not going to let her die. Saf, if you touch her, then your fingers are on her and they'll blame you. She's... Yeah, but she's... I can't... We can't just let her die. Why not? Liability. Because she's just here. She's stupid. It's not her fault. We are already at a loss. We don't leave now. Our losses will become much greater. And recovering financially from this will become a red situation. <laughs> I don't know what financial bullshit Callus is talking about, but... Can't, Saf. Come on. All right. You know, this is. I feel like not helping her is going to bite us in the ass. But I feel like helping her would bite us in the ass more, though. Hey, but don't we have an ally? Uh, I don't know that anyone in a corporal pocket is really our ally. I mean, look at Callus. Come on. She's so young. Why are we all climbing out the window? Why is there a kid out here? There's a door. Why a are you all coming out the window? Is that the oh. new way to leave? Um. So Sapphire, you, you don't see a kid. Oh. Never mind. I didn't realize that was the window. I'll go out the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. I like your style. <laughs> if you wanted to bring the injured person, we could. Right. But now we got to go back inside. And I'm pretty sure she's got some kind of... Tra Don't bees have some sort yeah. of tracking shit? Of course they do. They're like a hive mind. We need to just get out of here. Granny's going to be pissed that we shot the place up anyways and ruined the job. Let's just cut our losses, get the case, let's get out. <laughs> all right, can we all fit in this car? Yeah, for the purposes, I know it's technically a force eater, but for the purposes of this campaign, I'm going to say that it's like a, um, what's that show? Like Always 70s show? Where you can sit three people station in the front, wagon. three people in the back. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. no not station wagon. Three in the front, three in the back. Like an old car where it's got like that middle seat in it. So fucking Buick. <laughs> I can't sit in the back. I'll get car sick. Buick Le Mans. The, the, the kid is next to you, Kat, and he says, uh, where are we going? Oh. Uh, Who brought a kid? I did not know he was coming. There's no kids. Don't humor him. It only makes it worse. Yeah, to be clear, only Kat sees this child. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are going... To wherever we're told to go, I don't know yet. C can we go? The, the the they're going to be here soon. Yeah. Step on it, mate. Give me the gas. Oh man, Cat will start to pull out, back up, and then drive down the street like a two-point turn. That's how you're going to start the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> you scream, screeching, burn out. The car goes down the street. Neon billboards everywhere, the purple glow of the debris field in the sky. 
You're listening to The Homebrew. This is Campaign 2, Retrograde Infinitum, played on Cyberpunk Red. I'm Grant Milkey, the narrator. I'm joined by my five edge runners, the stars of the show. They are New Blood, MedTech, Andy Hadfield, previously Kasuris. <laughs> Sapphire Hayes, healer of the broken and dominator of the unbreakable. Rocker boy, Cody Smith. Roger Socko, musical maverick. Fixer and second new arrival, Emily Folger. CC Wren, fixer on the rise and doing it with style. Nomad, John Cayley. Cat, combat automotive transporter. Pew pew, finger guns. And our executive, Tyromai. Callus Vought, a pleasure for you, I'm sure. The sky of New City is a sight to behold. There is a pale, milky white moon glowing faintly overhead and a large, translucent purple shield around a debris field. That debris field is what's left of your shattered home world as all of you are playing New City natives. Uh, These are the only two sources of light in the sky, giving everything a slightly purple hue at night. New to your skyline is the massive Terran command ship, the Claymore, hovering over the only port, and I use that term lightly, in New City. Uh, This is first landing, and it's where the Big Net and the Nanite Swarm originally landed and built New City, planted the shroom farms, and prepared for the evacuation of your homeworld. Just four weeks ago, the OIT made contact. Your world got way bigger, way faster, and you learned that you are just even smaller pieces of shit. There are already replicators, new vending machines popping up, ships and migrants are showing up and moving in. Although you haven't seen any new ships in about a week, perhaps due to the arrival of the Terran command ship, you don't know. One of the new places that's popped up is Hawk's Landing, run by an outsider human known as Granny Kellen. You can't help but be impressed walking in. uh, It's only been in business for about two weeks and it's already bumping. It's packed with outsiders and natives alike, although perhaps like slightly tipped towards the former. This is where you bring the case and you find yourself in a medium-sized room with some glowing vending machines, some couches, tables, storage space, a very heavy metal door that leads to the rest of the club, the rest of Hawk's Landing. Uh, And we're just gonna fast forward a little bit to when you meet with Granny Kellen. Granny Kellen is in her 70s, maybe her late 70s, but she is fit, uh, even attractive. She's wearing an open pink leather jacket, a loose crop top underneath it, and on her left hip is a glowing cybernetic tattoo of a large metal fist that says Crit Machine on it, whatever that means. She's wearing pink and white bedazzled jeans and pink pumps. She has big reflective sunglasses on and bright neon blue streaks in otherwise snow white hair. She greets you as you arrive, leads you into the side room, looks at each of you and says, so you got the case? Got the case. She takes it and flips a combination and pops it open. You see in the case is a hard drive that's set in like a foam cutout and she pulls a cable from her forearm and jacks into it for a moment. And you see like flashes of light behind her shades that she's wearing as there's obviously something like playing on on them. She says, yeah, yeah, great. Uh, What's with the blood on it? Complications? Expenditure of five rounds at least. I only shot once. Between the whole cat. Uh, okay. 
Any reason why Corpos would be interested in that? Or the beehive, to be specific? Oh, no. Bees wouldn't care about this. And hmm. she kind of uh, hmm. shuts the case. Um, and you can roll. We're playing a new game, aren't we? What do you roll for that? You can roll perception. Human perception. See if she's lying? Deduction? No. That'd be human perception, which is under your social skills. Hmm, it is, and I just so happen to have a voice stress analyzer downloaded into my cyber audio. Oh, 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 oh. Wow. So let's That's see what a we crit. got here. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, two crits! <laughs> Welcome to Cyberpunk <laughs> Red. <laughs> well, I got a 15. Two crits. Yeah. 24. 30. So... Uh, Sapphire, she's she's definitely not lying uh, that the bees wouldn't care about it, but you can definitely tell that she wasn't that that she wasn't didn't want questions. And Cece, you definitely pick up a little bit of stress with you guys uh, asking questions about it, which isn't totally uncommon. Cece, you are a fixer; you know that people mm-hmm. uh, information is everything uh, in New City. So definitely not lying. Definitely does not think the bees would be interested in it, but definitely was a little bit um, nervous about getting asked questions about it. Well, if the bees were not interested before, they will likely be interested now. Mm-hmm. She nods. Um, my name stayed out of it, though, I suppose. They were all dead before they heard anything. So, yes. Any security cameras? I'm not the tech person. Not that I am aware of. You. She nods. Well, look, I, I, I like you guys. Be careful. I don't want, don't want my name on stuff. Uh, okay. She tosses keys to Roger, who's standing the closest to her. Thank you, love. And she says, uh, "All right, uh, this is all yours. Um, as long as we're working together. Uh, I know it's not much, but that door." She points to the door leading in here. Uh, it's three-inch steel, analog lock, no hacking. Uh, and she slides one of the vending machines to the side and says, uh, and it has a little secret entrance. And there's even a parking spot out there. And from behind the vending machine, she opens up another door and you see there's like a little garage out there. And she's like, so you can use this for office, market, operating area, I, whatever you guys want. Uh, like we agreed, keep on this job for me and you guys can use it. Those are, that's the only set of keys. So get settled and then come and talk to me. Uh, I've got a proposition for you. I'll be in the private room. All right. And she nods to each one of you and slides the vending machine door back shut and steps out. Cat, you want to pull Rhonda around? Get us settled? Yes, I would love to pull Rhonda around. We'll make it fast. All right. Bye. And... Happy emoji is going to scroll across Cat's face, followed by a picture of Car just driving away as he's going <laughs> to head out the door to go drive Rhonda. Okay. Yeah, and you see that there's basically um, a garage door. It's a double bay. So, I mean, it's as you can imagine, it's a relatively large size area. And you're able to pull Rhonda in and still have plenty of space for whatever else you might want to do as well as this second area inside Hawks Landing with, like, the couches and vending machines. It, it doesn't look great. All of it looks a little beaten up, like the couches have some, like, tears and stuff in them, but it's plenty of space, and like she said, it seems pretty secure. Roger, are you sure that you should hold the keys? 
I'm not sure you're the most responsible of us. I agree. Well, I mean, she gave them to me for a reason, I imagine. Probably. Because you were the one stationed closest to her? Indeed. Convenience? <laughs> so what are you saying? You don't think I should have the keys? I, uh, that is that is exactly what I'm saying. I'm not trying to hide it. Yes, you lost your pants the last time you got drunk. I feel like we're tiptoeing around a subject. Roger, <laughs> if any of your bandmates end up here, we're going to be pissed. All right? That's what oh, we're I, saying. Why not? Because they're not working jobs. Why would they live here if they're not working the jobs? And that is not an invitation. Everyone's got to be somewhere, don't they? But not here. Not here. For once, I agree with Callus. Listen, just give any one of us the keys. Literally anybody but you should have those keys. Or Cat also, I would like to put forth. All right, Cat's not in here. As you guys say Cat's name, he's going to walk in from behind the, the <laughs> vending machine door. Did I hear my name? No, you didn't. Oh. Oh, the, that vending machine that's the door says Ricky Rat's Liquor Theater on it, and it's got little a bunch of little liquor shooters in it. Even more reason, Roger, to give us the keys. Just give them to Callus. I don't care. All right. Why don't you take them, then? I don't care. Take it. Take it out. I'll take them. Maybe not, Callus. He's not always around. Are you Are you telling me you're going to stay here, Callus? Are you going to be here with us all the time? Um, I have a home. I don't live on the yeah. streets. I will not sleep in this place. That's what I thought. So maybe I can take the keys, then? So we're not homeless when you decide to abandon us? Abandon is a strong word. When you decide to return to your cushy bed, and we're all stuck here without the keys, let's maybe avoid that situation. I like how at first it was just, oh, Roger's not responsible enough for the keys. And then it's, oh, Cat's not responsible enough. And then it's, Callus can't handle the responsibility, the weight, the immense pressure of the keys. And now it turns out there's only <laughs> one of us. I'm not responsible enough for the keys? I mean, there's two, if you do the math. There's me and Cece. Roger makes a lot of sense. Yes, yeah, Seth can have the keys. I can have the keys. Well, maybe you can have joint custody of the keys. See him every other weekend. Okay. You want me to sign some freaking paperwork? What happens when the feline accidentally stuffs the keys into some wound she's trying to heal on some bum on the street? What? <laughs> that sucks for them. Do you think I'm incompetent? Why would I put keys anywhere near a wound? You said it. I didn't. What? <laughs> You just said it. I did not say you were incompetent. You oh my god. Brought forth the idea that you might be incompetent. That's what putting keys in a wound would be. You can't spin your words here, Callus. I'm not stupid. Not. All right, keys. Just let's 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 calm down. We have to work together. Roger, just hand over the keys and we can move past this. Cece can have them. Then there's no worries of me putting them in wounds. Or whatever. Cece's just holding out her hand. Yeah, I don't want them anymore. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate it. Uh, as Roger hands them to you, Cece, you see that there are five keys on the chain. Shit. <laughs> I'm sure these goes to different doors. Um, I'll figure uh. it out later. She just puts them in her pocket. <laughs> uh, from outside the Hawk's Landing, um, I mean, you already heard some like kind of like uh, 
bass from music that's playing in the actual Hawks Landing Club. Uh, over that, you hear the sound of a like electric guitar in some sort of like very mid song, like not great at all. Um, I think to most of you, you'd just be like, ah, wow, that's not a great song. But Roger, this is like nails on a chalkboard for you. This is the worst thing you've ever heard. Oh, what is that trash? Just club music? I don't, it's just noise. You got that right. I mean, you could always try and negotiate with Granny. Maybe work like a secondary job. Your band could come and play here. I don't know what sort of gigs you do. This is a way too small of a venue for me and mine. It's uh, actually not that small. If you guys walk <laughs> out the, the door over here, you'll see it's actually a pretty big place here. DM, do you want us to not just stay here in this tiny portion of the map this whole time? No, you can't. You guys can do whatever you want. I am here to facilitate. Um, I just, your your band is does play here, Roger, and it's not it's not very small. Although you might want people to think it's small. All right, all right. Before we all leave, though, here's a key for everyone. We had that whole debate. There's five keys. Everyone just take a key. If you lose it, that's on you. All right. So all right. now I get a key. I oh mean, I gosh. still don't think you should have a key, but yes. Just don't let any of your bandmates nick it and stop going through our shit. Cat's <laughs> gonna take his key and then he's gonna pommel of his hand handgun. There's this little key charm spot. She's just gonna weave the key onto that. Alright. Alright, shall we go find Granny or go explore? Yeah. We'll go out of this room so we don't Let's have to be in confined granny. spaces with each other. That'd be great. I mean, it is a little bigger out here, it? But it's not, still not big enough. Sure. I have bigger dreams, ambitions. So the Hawks Landing is a is a is a basement club. Like it's in the lower level of a skyscraper. Uh, there's a short staircase into a large open area that's split um, about halfway through. Uh, it's all open though. On the south side, there's a stage and a dance floor, and on the north side, there is seating and a wide open cage and like a pit that's about six feet deeper than the rest of the bar, surrounded with benches. The music isn't quite as loud as you're accustomed to in clubs, which is something that's like common with outsiders. It seems like the music's never like as loud as you would expect. Uh, Hawks Landing is a officially licensed Crusher Mania pit, and the walls are covered on the north side are covered with Crusher Mania posters. Very abrasively clashes with pink and teal seats and like blue steel floors. Uh, there is a fight going on right now in the pit. Uh, two local favorites, Madam Murder Mitts and Bubbles, <laughs> don't remember naming them, are engaged in a fight. And it's not too late to place a bet if you want. You Bruce has already kind of like sat up by the bar and he's talking to Freddy, who is a, a dwarven bartender moved here from a uh, uh, code and cognac, a place you used to frequent, um, Callus and Bruce. And so Bruce is chatting with a Freddy who's a dwarf with a long white beard, uh, mix, mixes a great cocktail. Um, Cece, your, uh, one of your closest friends is also working a daytime job here. Uh, Roger, you see your heart stops for a moment as you come around the corner and you see Benny Bartholomew, who is the Hondu. He's a golden retriever Hondu. Uh, he is your guitar player, but he has your guitar right now. 
and he is playing a song for the other two members of Spinal Scepter, Cowboy Buffalo and Waffles. And it's just the most mid song ever. What's well, terrible to you? But he's playing it and he's kind of singing and Cowboy Buffalo and Waffles are both kind of like tapping their feet and nodding their head uh, you know, as Benny shows them this song. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of slowly walk up behind him. Or I guess I can't really get behind him, huh? But I will just walk up. I won't make myself known, but I'll just stand there with my arms folded and wait for him to finish. Yeah, he sees you and just stops. Listen, listen, Roger. Listen, listen. Don't be mad. Where did you get that? Don't be mad. Don't be mad. We're just, you know, I just, uh... I just had this really good idea for this song. And uh, Waffles, who is a platypus clepin. So these are like critter folk that are native to New City. He's wearing like a blue suit. Uh, He looks at you and he's like, you know, Roger, you've been promising, promising us new music for two weeks. So you can't be mad at Benny for stepping up where you're running around doing whatever. What are you even doing? Is this what you call stepping up this drivel? It's good. It's okay. It's fine. Better than nothing. Listen, I've got something brewing. I've got something great. It's just going to take some time to finish. And I'm out there earning us our keep. We're all going to be on the street and we can't play music. Well, where do you think I get the money for this top-notch equipment, huh? And Cowboy Buffalo's like, now listen, listen. We're banned. That means that we're best friends. And we gotta get along. Roger, I'm gonna need you to give Benny a hug and tell him you liked his song. I did not like his song. He looks at you. Roger. (sighs) All right, all right, mate. Listen, lad. Your song, it's it needs work. But it's it's got the bones of a good song. It just needs new lyrics and a new melody. Benny Baker Bartholomew, the uh, golden retriever looks at you. Was that a fucking joke? Did you just, did you just make a bone joke at me? Well, I mean, I... You promised you weren't gonna fucking make bone jokes at me anymore, Roger. It's disrespectful. as a compliment. It's disrespectful. Alright, maybe that was a bridge too far. Alright, I pushed it. You know, I was just bad because you stole me stuff again. You know, what if I stole your stuff? It's just a matter of respect. Well, you would have to let me have stuff if you wanted to steal it, but you never let me write any of the songs. You just tell me to shut up and play guitar all the time. You never let me do anything. Listen, I'm trying to be nice here. We're in the nice time corner. I don't have much to say that's positive in this moment. Well, how about you just tell us the new song? The new song's not done. Oh my god! People, you don't want people to hear the song before it's done because they'll form opinions, all right? And they'll be like, oh, I liked it more when it was like that. I liked it less. Now I don't even want to listen to your new album because I heard what it sounded like and it was trash, mate. So we're, you're saying we're going to play the same For a songs bit more. tonight? They're good songs. He looks at you. Uh, Waffles, the platypus, he looks at you. You didn't remember we had a show tonight, did you? Listen, I don't need to remember. I'm always prepared. Narrows his eyes. I'll just get tuned up real quick before we go on stage. I'll be ready to go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's jump over to Cat real quick. Uh, Cat, your um, handler, 
Tritus Fifth Cog, who is a um, an Awoken like you, so a robotic worker on New City who gained sentience, gained consciousness. He is sitting in one of the booths here on like a pink couch, and he waves at you um, when you enter uh, Hawk's Landing and invites you to take a seat with him. Yeah, we'll saunter over and sit down beside him. Well, across from him. Hello. Hello, Tritus. You're 17 minutes late. Oh, I did was unaware that we had a time. His uh, eyes flash red for a moment and then flash back to green. No matter. We have a disposal job that we need you to take care of. Uh, it needs to be shrooms or desert. Uh, no traces. Where is the pickup? Uh, it's already in your trunk, hooked up to a cryo pump. Uh, so you have about a week. All right. His eyes flash red for a moment and then uh, turn back green. Are, are you feeling all right, Kat? Yes. He uh, kind of looks down and then looks over at the wall where you are in the booth where you are both sitting. And it's just kind of like a blank wall. And he says, do, do you see anything over there? Cat's going to look at the wall. And you said it's blank. So Jesse and I do not see anything. So Cat will respond. No, there's nothing there. All right. Never mind. Uh, again, you have a week. Uh, please make sure that there's there's no sort of trace. Don't don't get lazy. Uh, nothing in the water, please. Rhonda doesn't drive in the water. So why would I put go in the water? We've had you make disposals in water before, and some things float after a while. Fair. All right. He holds out his hand in a very kind of like robotic manner. Um, and if you accept it, he would shake it and says, All right, I will see you here next week with your next job. All right. You have a nice time, Tritus. And he nods and stands up and walks away. Um, over to Cece. Cece, your friend uh, Reka works at the... Um, South Bar here in Hawks Landing. She is like eight and a half months pregnant. Like, uh, very, um, very showing a lot, uh, and still working full time, which is probably something you've told her to stop doing a few times, uh, to which she declines. But she is Kellen's tech, and as I mentioned, she kind of moonlights uh, working the bar here. And also Flynn and Lumi are in the bar here too. So you would know them not very well, but you know that Lumi is Kellen's net runner and Flynn is like a mercenary uh, bodyguard type, like a solo. Lumi is very quiet, very withdrawn, tends to be on her agent most of the time. And Flynn is like the exact opposite, just a loud, obnoxious, very lovable fella. But they're very rarely apart. They're like brother and sister, uh, both probably like in their mid-twenties or so. Shit, Rekha, I thought you would stop working by now. Oh, I, I'm fine. Uh, I will. I definitely will. I'm listening. I just, you know, I rent and... Food. I mean, I really want to have a good diet, good nutrients, none of that kibble stuff. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot to keep up with. And honestly, the money's better here. This place has just been busy as hell. It's easier to get tips than it is to get tech jobs these days. I mean, I guess that's fair. How are you doing? I'm here, as always. Another job, another day. Yeah? She um, pulls a bottle down from uh, under the counter so not one like on display just like do you do you want a couple fingers or you good always 
Always. All right. You are a goddess, and I love you for it. Ah, you know. She pours you a drink, and she's like, so speaking of jobs, uh, anything for me? I hate to be, I'm not trying to be all business or anything. I just. No, no. Totally fair. Um, I got nothing on the pipe right now. But okay. I'm thinking about you always. You know that. Anything I got coming on, you're my tech. Well, yeah, Kellen's tech, kind of, but also my tech. Oh, no, I'm your tech. I'm your tech, 100%. Flynn, if you say anything to Kellen, I will kill you. Keep your trap shut. He sputters and looks up. He's like, what? I wasn't I wasn't listening. What, were you talking to me? He looks around. Bullshit. You're such a bad liar. Uh, 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 I, I don't know what you're talking about. And he chugs a bit of his beer. Mm-hmm. Not a snitch. Lumi. She looks up from her agent and kind of smiles. I just give her a head nod. I fully respect the into the agent moments. <laughs> Ricky, you seen Kellen around? She's still back in the room or she's out schmoozing? Uh, yeah, I think she's just uh, just in the private area. Um, she would kind of nod her head back into uh, the south area mm. where there is um, a soundproof, like quieter room. Cool. Check in on her in a bit. She wanted to talk. Yeah. I'm just gonna drink this drink for now and just breathe for a second. You heard what went down? Has it reached down here yet? She, her eyes get big and she's like, was that you guys? I mean, I wouldn't say it's us, but we were there. Flynn sets down his beer. You guys shot a, you guys shot a fucking lawman? Flynn, shut up. We did not. We heard about it, okay? I swear to God, if you forgot the security footage again. Flynn, I will shove this glass in your face. Shut your trap. He stands up. You think I will fight you? Just because we're friends? And Lumi kind of puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But seriously, did you get security footage? Or does Lumi need to fucking do it again? I mean, I was going to talk to her about it in a second. I was seeing if it had, news had made its way down here. Uh, yeah, he points to the TV, and it's, like, dead B, like, on, like, every <laughs> single screen, and, like, flashing lights. Uh, hey, Lumi. Um. She smiles and holds up her agent, and on the screen, you basically see the scene playing out of you guys, like, shooting everyone and then leaving the B on the ground, and she's like, I, I got curious. I already handled it. <gasps> I love you so much. I owe you so much. You do. Yeah. I'm going to come through on it. You know I am. You know I am. Flynn's like, you've been saying that for like weeks now, Cece. You know what, Flynn? So much for being a, not a snitch, okay? I didn't say anything. I'm teasing you right now to your face. Well, that's all I have to say to you, okay? Just drink a drink. He smiles and kind of like pats you on the shoulder. She's like, yeah, yeah, nah. I'm just busting your balls. And he goes back to his beer. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Who's fighting tonight, Rika? Oh, I think it's uh, Madam Murder Myths and Bubbles. Ooh, yep. those two? Yeah, okay. uh, should be a good one. I, you know, I like to work the south side. I'm not, I don't like that stuff. I don't, I don't yeah. like the fighting. I love the music, though. And she calls across the bar. She's like, when's that new music coming out, Roger? Yeah, Roger, when's the new music coming out? Oh, my God. It will come out when it comes out. Waffles like, when's the new music coming out? 
it's not done yet. <laughs> Listen, when a pizza is halfway done cooking, do you pull it out and be like, oh, I want to eat it now, it's halfway done? I mean, sometimes, depends on how hungry I am. You are a crazy person. <laughs> and then we're going to cut over to um, Freddy and Bruce, um, who are talking kind of quietly. Callus, you still note the kind of little bit of shake in Bruce's hand. Um, and you probably count, he's on his fifth or sixth drink tonight. And him and Freddy are talking kind of quietly as you approach. And Freddy looks up. Hey, boss. Today has been unfortunate. The usual, please. Yeah, and he um, pulls out a bottle and throws it, flips it around the air a couple times, which is uh, a little bit contrasted with his kind of stocky, dwarven, harsh looks as he's very dexterous with the bottle. Pours you a drink. What is your drink, Callus? Ah, <sighs> so my hard drink. What would be my hard drink? Um, probably a neon vibed Manhattan. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, so he gets to mix in, um, and he. He's like, wait, 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 wait. And he uh, plops like a little straw in it and sets it down on a napkin for you. So yeah, it's been a while, but I think I remember how you like it. Thank you, Freddy. He nods. You need anything else? Ah, better jobs would be just dandy. He nods. It's it's been rough since Dan took the mile, uh, but I mean you got Kellen. I she's got some grit, man. I on uh, she's she's a fighter. That's why I moved over here, and I'm sure I'm I'm sure CC will, will get her feet under her. Just gotta give her a little bit. Yes, she seems to be adequate with time. I'm sure she'll blossom. Kellen is an outlier still, but she does show promise. I lost quite a bit. When Silverface did it show for that last bout, he nods. Uh, yeah, I mean, rumor on the street, Silverface isn't showing anything anymore. So, indeed, there's a tip for you. Well, with all that being said, I have to find some new avenues soon, or I'll be like Roger over there and out of runway, so to speak. Well, you know me. You chip good. I'll keep my ear to the ground. Thank you. It's always good to have reliable help. I can count on you at least. Yeah. He he kind of nods. Give me a another one of those human perception rolls. Mm-hmm. 14. With a 14, I think you'd pick up that he's just he he wouldn't show it, but he's just the slightest bit intimidated by you. Good. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, Cool. So we've got about a half hour before you're supposed to play, Roger, if you guys want to talk to Kellen. Otherwise, you can do it after. You guys can do whatever you want. Cat, are yeah. you watching the fight? I see your token up there by the pit. Yeah, Cat was going to watch the fight. I don't know where the betting place is. We must have a bet. Sapphire has been as well. Okay. Sure. I uh, let, me, let me pop up a... Sapphire just went and found the most crowded couches and sat with everybody and it's just socializing nice so we've got madam murder mitts and bubbles so bubbles is a massive golem who has a koi fish core oh so it's a it's a um it's like a little aquarium but like completely sealed off like we're talking like very thick tempered glass but you can still see the koi fish and then has uh all these different wires coming off of its core and then has the arms and legs of a golem. 
and these big massive fists, big massive legs uh, made of like metal and stone. Uh, and uh, Madame Murder Mitz is a Ketek who is jet black like a panther and has these long claws on her hands and her feet. Well, her front and her back paws. I don't actually know what the terminology is there. And they're going at it. Uh, Betting is just about to close. So if you guys want to roll a skill to try and see who you think is going to win, I'll let you roll either like tactics or what would that be? Oh, gamble. It'd be the gambling skill, wouldn't it? All right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Gambling. I got to find the gambling one. Under education skills? <laughs> I don't make it <laughs> That's a negative three. Cat gets a 12. Okay. Um, who'd you bet on, Cat? I was about to ask Sapphire who she bet on. <laughs> bet on the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sapphire, uh, who did you bet on? Uh, Sapphire would have definitely tried to find somebody that looks like they had a little bit of bunny and persuaded them to make a bet on her behalf on Bubbles. Oh, I had hoped to bet on Bubbles, but I am choosing Madam Murderfist. Madam Murderfist? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Sapphire, you're out 30 nano, and Kat and Callus place their bets on Madam Murderfist, and yeah, it looks like Bubbles is doing pretty well, but... Uh, Madame Murdermitz is able to get some really good angles and start to cut into wires, start to cut into all these different parts and disable uh, bubbles. And Callus and Cat walk away 30 nano richer. Yay! I'll make sure and ask how much you're betting next time before you roll. <laughs> but I'm just going to say what your bets were this time. Works for me. After the fight's over, Cece's gonna start making the rounds, gathering people like, hey, Kellen wants to talk. As we walk that way, Kat's gonna meet up with Sapphire. <laughs> and be like, Thanks for the heads up on who's gonna lose. You know, if we keep betting opposite, we just at least break even, if not win. So it seems to be a good strategy. I pick one, you pick one, we end up on top. I totally knew who was going to lose. Totally. <laughs> Do we know which room Kellen normally posts up in? Kellen is right Or oh, Cat and Roger went. Oh. <laughs> yep, I just followed them. Figured she would be in the private room. There are so many chairs in this room. Yeah, so, I mean, this is like a soundproofed room. There are, like, soundproofing panels up. Um, there are couches. The, again, the teal and the um, pink couches with some very, like, thick shag rugs. Um, on the table, there's like a variety of little, uh, like bar food snacks and drinks and such. Uh, Kellen is sitting in front of a plate. It's got like three grilled cheese, uh, halves on it. And she is munching on one of them and she holds up the plate over to, uh, Sapphire and Cece who are sitting pretty close to her. It's like, uh, I don't mean to brag, but these will be the best things you've ever tasted. Well, shit. How can I say no to that? Well, considering I've only eaten kibble for the last, like, month, I have no doubt. She shakes her head. Yeah, that's no good. You gotta, you gotta have one of these. Callus, you too. And he'll, uh, he'll try. Your, wow, your palate is exquisite. You gotta master the simple things. Something you kids don't learn. You get okay, and then you move on. But there's something to be said about absolutely mastering something. But anyways, 
Uh, okay. So, she takes a bit of a deep breath, um, stands up, and shuts the door to this place, and turns and looks at you all and says, I have a pretty big job I'm working on, and I want to tell you about it, but we don't really know each other all that well. Uh, she looks around and she's like, anything you can, uh, say to ease my mind about sharing this information, uh, have pretty good instincts, um... My gut's telling me yes, but it's always good to ask. Can I trust you all? Well, of course. We're all professionals here, I hope. As he makes like a sidelong glance at Cat. I am very trustworthy. Pinky promise and two pinkies interlocked are going to be like emojiing on his screen. <laughs> of course, Granny. Whatever you need. Uh, give me one second here. Roger, fill her with hope, please. Yeah, she does look at you, Roger. (laughs) Well, we'll get the job done. No questions asked on my end. The rest of them might have some questions. I don't know about that. Right, but say someone offers you money or a better deal, you'll come to me, right? Well, I don't want to mess up the sweet gig I've got going on here. She kind of nods. She's like, I'm a little little new to this. I think I'm going to do pretty well, though. Uh, I'm gonna give her a human perception roll. Let's just see who. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Great. Are any of you lying to her? No. Halfway. I haven't said anything yet. How would you describe what she picks up, Callus? I am. I what? So I was telling the truth that I am professional. And then when she said, "If someone offers you a better deal, um, you'll come to me first and. Depending on how well she knows me, I think she would know that I would, in fact, come to her, but not to tell, just to tell her that someone else made a deal. He would try to negotiate on how he's going to get a better deal from her now. Got it. She's loyal in the fact that he will always give the employer the first chance to up Annie, but he is not not viable. Gotcha. She, I, I think she picks up that you're not like explicitly just running around betraying people I think is the important vibe. Yes, yes, absolutely. And she she kind of nods. But to him, business is business. Right. She she looks at you for a bit longer, Callus, and says, there are perks, long-term perks for being in my good favor. I might not have the most resources now, but if you're a betting man, Poor woman. She quickly looks at the other people <laughs> in the room and then kind of like redirects her. She's like just staring at Callus. It's like, if you're a betting man, I just would implore you to think about who you're betting on. Money is easy to come by and easy to lose, but some people are worth investing in in the long term. Indeed, madam. I would not be here if I didn't think you gave me the best approach to getting out of this. He like kind of like thinks on how to politely say it situation that I find myself in. She nods. Um, and kind of leans back, eases up a little bit, kicks her feet up on the table. Um, got these like big pink pumps on. And she says, okay, so I'm doing a job for someone known as the archivist. Uh, and any of you can roll. Let's do education on that one if you'd like to. Or streetwise. I'd take either. And she like, says, sorry? I was going to ask what, what kind of education. Just flat education. Just education. I don't. Are there multiple? Yeah. There's education. There's, there's education. Skills, but there's skills. Education. 
but there no, there's is a specific like education. education skill yeah 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 when you pick education you split it into types i think oh so there is a specific like in within the education skills there is an education singular skill yeah. within that subset right. oh yeah yeah yes, all right i am I see it i am uh oh yeah the education the education skill oh great nice nice Excellent. So CC, you know who she's talking about. Uh, the archivist is a very, very old elf who claims to be one of three brothers that are the only three remaining mortals alive from the evacuation, which is the destruction of Ansara. Um, so this is a kind of like a bit of street history more than it is like a hard fact, but you are familiar with like the legend of the archivist. And she... Uh, well, let me rephrase that a little bit. The archivist is absolutely a person. The idea that he was alive for the evacuation is a bit of a legend, is what I should Kay. specify. Um, and she ticks on um, a little uh, remote on her wrist. And in the private room, there's like a little screen. And it flashes up and shows a picture of a, as I said, a very old elf. And kind of zooms out. And there's a very large building up in the rise uh, like a skyscraper and she said so this is pretty hush hush this isn't a job that you can just pull up on a screen sheet this isn't something everyone has access to uh, the archivist is leaving his entire fortune all his cars his building everything all of his money he's leaving everything he thinks he's going to pass soon he has no heirs he has no family one last job Whoever completes it gets it all. And she kind of like flashes through all these like really nice cars. Again, it's an entire building. Uh, and she says, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to put my cards on the table. I want my cut of the money. Everything else, weapons, cars, vehicles, all that is yours. I just want this. And she flips to like one of the last slides. And it's uh, basically the penthouse of this skyscraper. She's like, I want to live there. I don't know how much longer I have, but that's that that's where I'm that's where I'm living. Has a rooftop garden, lots of space. Look at the view. That's that's what I'm here for. And then she uh, flips back and she says, "So these hard drives. I don't know if you've ever seen anything like this before, uh, and you indeed have not. It's large. It's like it's like what you and I would visualize as a hard drive, not yeah. what the people of New City would visualize <laughs> as a hard drive, which would be like smaller, like flash storage." And she's like, so we have to collect all of these. There are four keys. This is the first one. Complete random accident is what's shaken this job loose again. But if we can get the other three keys, we can provide them to the archivist and complete the, the biggest job of any of our careers. She looks around to see if any of you are reacting at all. Well, what's the catch? I feel like there's definitely a catch to this. How many other people know about this job, Kellen? Well... Uh, I, I'm sure she she looks to you for help a little bit, CC. Uh, and she says, well, a job like this, uh, people tend to not just focus on the job and can, how do you say it, CC? Uh, attack the players and not just play the game. Take out the competition. That's why we have to keep it quiet. A uh, small team like ours, we're going to be up against the best of the best. I'm talking, talking Militech talking Dan, Dieter, um, who you would know, he kind of like is the one of the biggest fixers on the mile where mm. you're at here. People already hate me just because I'm new. This isn't going to help that situation. Unless we can keep it quiet. 
Also, uh, as far as like where these keys are, it's gonna take a lot of work. I happen to have a couple ins, and she kind of like flips around and shows you. She said, okay, so you all know the story of the archivist, right? Oldest remaining person. Mm-hmm. Claims he's from the destruction of Ansara, yeah? He, he claims to be native to the world that you came from, not just the moon here. He claims to actually have been from there, which would make him over 700 years old. Ooh, so old. No way. A geezer. And she shrugs. Just elves can live a long time. Uh, so I, I don't not believe him. Here's the crazy thing that Lumi uncovered. And she uh, slaps a couple things on the table. Uh, he has two brothers. Oh. You think they have the other two of the other keys? Or what? She says, as th- that's the only lead I have. Um, and she has, um, pushes one of the pictures towards you. She says, so this is the dealer. He's from the Upper East Side of the Stacks. You tell me why he's not as big of a deal as his brother. Because I can't think of any reasons. Do I know of the name The Dealer? I know of The Archivist. Would I have known anything more about The Dealer? Give me a Streetwise. Streetwise. That's a 16. You've heard the name, but you're not explicitly familiar with him. But just from your uh, running about, you would have heard of uh, The Dealer. And you know that he runs a place called Rust and Thunder, a club in the, yeah, the Upper East Side of the Stacks, which if you pop over to the map that I have provided, you can see it's basically uh, across town northeast, up near the Quarantine Beta, which isn't the best part of town. It's, it can be a rougher part. The Upper East Side of the Stacks and the southern, the southeast side of the South District are both pretty rough places. Hmm. I feel like I am uniquely equipped to do this job. I'm not from here. I can see things from a different angle. This job has been active for years. No one has completed it. And this device, she points to the case, this is the first key that's ever been uncovered as far as we know. And it was complete random happenstance from uh, just a, a scav from the waist. And I was able to keep it quiet. That's the trick here. Quiet. Otherwise, everyone's going to descend on this. Right, so you said there are two brothers. One is poor and up in the east side. What about the other one? She pushes a second photo across the table to you. And she says, I I don't know much about him. I can't find him in any databases. He's never been arrested. Uh, No one really knows anything about him. This is a pretty old photo, um, and it, does, it showed the archivist from. You would probably guess they're it. If you're familiar with elves, you'd probably guess they're like, uh, like 300 years old or something in this photo. Like they're looking like the equivalent of like human 40s in the photo. Mm. All right. I, well. I I can't think of a better place to start, and I feel like if we can find out why, what the keys are, or why they want them, that can help us know where to look. And I don't think anyone else knows about this. And she shows you the um, the photos again. Okay. We are uniquely equipped to move under the radar with our low standing and small size. We could it be a distinct advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she 
She nods. That's what I was thinking. And it's a risk. Uh, no offense. It'll be hard to secure trustworthy assistance in things that we do not specialize in. I mean, Kellen's got some good people already on a team, if I can speak for your team, Kellen. She nods. Cass looks, like, doubtfully. Um, money changes people and the need to protect and almost with, like, a like a cringe of disgust in saying the word family is a weakness that can be very easily exploited. Sounds like you're coming from personal experience, Callus. Better to cut the cables quickly so you have nothing to be bartered with in flesh. Oh, what life. Is there someone in particular you're worried about? Well. Yes, Callus. who are you worried about? Just teams, pregnant assets, things of the like. There it is. Got a problem with pregnant assets? Not generally, but this Mm. is sensitive. I... She looks at you. You remind me of someone. I hate the way you talk, but he has a point. She looks to the rest of you. Uh, It would be best if what exactly we were doing was kept in this room. We could make it seem like a series of small jobs, and I don't think Flynn or Lumi or Reka will ask questions if we need their assistance. I don't know about your bandmates, Roger. Wabam! Just maybe quit your band. No. Or just don't. Don't tell them anything. Like, make them the weekend friends you only see sometimes, and you don't really talk about work life. I mean... Or I never tell them anything about work life anyway. You do when you get drunk. At least for this first brother, it may be an asset. Roger, have you ever played at the Rust and Thunder? No, but I would. Maybe. All right. Is it bigger than this? <laughs> Kellen shakes her head. She's like, it's... No. It, and it's weird. Well, how weird? Are we talking freaky in a good way? <laughs> uh, you know how elves can be a little religious? Oh. Ew. <laughs> We're like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like this idea. Let's have Roger play there. I mean, you could call it like a new indie exclusive some bullshit. I don't know. Some artsy thing. I'm only interested in religions where I'm the chosen one. Uh, okay. So the dealer got... uh, They call him that he's obsessed with New City Tarot. Old religion. Uh, rooted in Elvish. Uh, some of the oldest people on Salvation. It follows the old gods, they say. You've seen, I'm sure, the depictions... Uh, usually street art, graffiti, everywhere. Anyone? I mean, probably, but I don't pay yeah. close attention to that stuff. Yeah. I don't have to. She she nods and shrugs. He's just a. I mean, he's not a not a dangerous. I don't think. I, although I don't think you run a club in the Upper East Side without being a little dangerous, though. Yeah. So is he just religious, or is it some like weird religious club? Like, is everybody there the same type of religious? I. Th- she kind of stutters a little bit. She's like, I'll be honest with you, I haven't gathered intelligence on the location yet. Oh, that's uh, fine. We could do I that. Who he is and where he is. And um, I do want to keep my hands as clean as possible. And I don't want Lumi poking around in those types of databases either, because a 
again, I think it's important they know what they need to for their own safety. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like we may be taking a field trip, is what I'm hearing. Maybe we just go for a fun night out, you know? Just go mm-hmm. have some drinks, Seth, you love dance. Clubbing. Yeah. It's late. Perfect time. Mm, maybe not tonight. She shrugs. I, Roger has a show, no, but I suppose if, if you don't need the cover, if you're good on money, then make it up to me. I mean, I don't think I'm good on money. We may want to keep our heads down, just given the recent incident. Yeah, Roger, also, I don't want to hear your bandmates get super upset. They're already yelling at you. I heard the yelling in the other room. Right? Let's skip the show, then. What? We're saying what? the opposite. We're saying yeah. don't skip the show. Play your show. I don't... You cannot sleep on my couch again. <laughs> again? <laughs> you let him sleep on your couch. You Once. said we weren't allowed anywhere near your house. Once. It was a special occasion. Yes, and you can thank him for why none of you will ever see my home. <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. I, I want to hear the story. And you wonder why we were hesitant to give you a key. That's not really very fair. People change. <laughs> <laughs> have you changed? Can you look me in my face and tell me that you've changed? I have matured quite a bit. <laughs> Come on, Roger. Don't lie to me like that. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right, then. We will reconvene and start maneuvers within the next day. All right. Consider us interested. We'll start poking. 104. I will uh, do what I can, too. Again, lightly. Tread lightly. Until we're big enough to really, you know what I mean, swing our reputations around. We don't want to get caught in the middle. Mm. And she steps up grabs a half grilled cheese <laughs> and mm-hmm. says, all right, and heads to her um, her room, which I will just let you guys know is the room right next to this, as you're kind of getting used to the map. Okay. Uh, other place of note in here before I let you loose, uh, Sapphire, they have an area in the bottom southeast corner that is some spare beds uh, and... A lot of times, Kellen will let people sleep stuff off, mm-hmm. or um, she just she's got a soft spot. So, if you were ever looking to kind of help out with your med teching, oftentimes there will be some assistance needed down there. Gotcha. So, as you guys kind of spill out of the private room, uh, Bruce is uh, standing very studiously and patiently in the hallway, and he uh, looks up as you walk out and steps up to you, Palace, and just kind of like the bodyguard lean, how they like hold their hands in front of them and like talk in your ear very quietly without touching you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He says, uh, new boss wants to meet. I'll be right there. It was a fine meeting. I will see you all tomorrow. I have business to attend to. Good luck on your show, Roger. Leaving us already, Carlos. Thank you very much. I have been called. Oh, yes. Much like a dog. Come when you're cold. Have a good night, Carlos. <laughs> and Carlos will leave with Bruce. Okay. Yeah, he, um, he, while he's walking, kind of taps on his agent, and it pops up on your internal agent. Just the location, which you are surprised to see, is HyperZen, Leaf, and VR. Uh, and you're meeting with your new boss. You have not met with this boss yet. You just got promoted. Uh, this is Dmitri Tasarov, and he is requesting to meet you in one of your favorite locations. 
which would be a little bit, not unsettling, I can't tell you if you're unsettled, but you wouldn't know how he knows that. Yeah. And as you go outside, you'll see Bruce has already called you a car, and um, you head off in that direction. Before we handle that, Roger, are you playing tonight or not playing tonight? Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, since we aren't gonna work or whatever. Okay. So, uh, as you exit, you'll see that um, Waffles and Benny Baker, Bartholomew, and Cowboy Buffalo are already set up on the stage. Uh, Waffles looks at you and he's like, Oh, there you are. We set everything up for you, carried all the equipment up, got everything plugged in. <laughs> Great job. Real smasher job. Thanks for the help. Oh, I, I didn't think you needed the help. Thought you knew what you was doing. Um, and how does. One second. That's structural damage points. There we go. Okay, so small local gig will net you 200 nano. So that's going to be the base. Give me like a performance check though to see how it's going as you start to play. And can you describe like the band and anything like vibe-wise to our listeners? Let's show like I rolled a 17 on play instrument. Nice. So I mean that's pretty decent. It's not too bad. Yeah, that's good. I mean the band is kind of a mix match of folks as you can see there's the laboratory retriever guy on guitar, Benny, and the platypus man, Waffles, and Cowboy Buffalo, who kind of doesn't seem to fit in, in a way, but that's what makes him really fit He's grooving, yeah. <laughs> like that. I would say that I'm definitely the front man, and that they are kind of in the back, in a line, with like fog and stuff in front of them, and then I'm up front singing, and there's like lasers, and there's like a, there's like a barrier between me and them. What do you mean? Like, they are clearly in the background. Yeah, there's an obvious separation between the band. It's like, what, like Roger and the, like Billy Joel. Right. Mm. Mm. There's Roger, and then there's the band. Mm-hmm. He is the talent. Excellent. So 17 in Cyberpunk Red is a pretty good roll. Um, and this goes on for... Based on Roger's role, that's not even like, uh, he's not even playing at like 50% at the level he could be playing at, too. I'll be honest with you, I don't even have me hard into it. <laughs> he's, uh, 17 is a good role. It's like, oh, a, yeah, but I'm saying he is that talented. <laughs> right. that, yeah. It seems as if he could roll much, much higher. Is anyone watching, um, the sh- any of our players watching Roger play? No. I followed Seth. No. Cat would start to head out when we got when he was getting set up and starting playing. Oh yeah, Cat's got a body in his trunk. (laughs) (laughs) You're going alone? I didn't think it was you know something my other people would are supposed to see. Okay. That I didn't mean to do you, buddy. (laughs) Where's CC headed? Cece's following Saf. She's trying to grab Saf before she goes to Sapphire to before she goes start work on medtech stuff. Okay, let's start. Man, we're all over the place. Let's start with Sapphire and Cece real quick. Hey, Saf, what up? Yeah, what's... Are you gonna go watch Roger's show? Yeah, I'll go check it out. Whatever. You okay? 
I mean, I'm as good as you just let somebody die. Of course, I'm not great. I mean, yeah, but we don't really have a choice. We had choices. We always have choices. Yeah, I didn't see much of a choice. How about that? Yes, I knew. None of you did. But who am I to argue with the group? So, I'm going no, to spend my nights. Every time during one of Roger's shows, somebody gets injured, it inevitably happens. Yeah. So, I'm going to spend my night helping others to hopefully make up for the fact that we just let that poor young woman die in that room. Yeah. How are you? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Job's a job. It is. Went okay, I guess. It went horribly, let's be honest. Yeah, I'm trying to be optimistic. It's a new look for me. I don't like it. It's usually I'm the one that's optimistic, but yeah. you know what? You can you can try it. I think Callus just pissed me off. So yeah, that's every day though. So it's true. It is true. Okay, I'll I'll let you go set up. I just wanted to check in, make sure you were good. We were good. It was a lot. Oh yeah, we're we're always fine. If anything, I'll just you know yell at them instead. Great. I'm always okay with that. Go have fun, go party, go do whatever you do. You know where I'll be. All right. It is pretty late, just for the record, too. So we're pushing into, like, 2 in the morning. So um, just be aware of that and the need to sleep in this game. (laughs) (laughs) So, Roger, uh, Cece, as you kind of walk out, you do kind of, like, casually look over at Roger playing. And you see Roger doesn't seem like he's that into it. And Waffles is just staring daggers in the back of Roger's head. Like, he looks so fucking mad. He's going to lose his band one day. And you don't even have to, like, roll for it. You're just like... But there's a, a several people kind of gather up at the front. Uh, and there's, there's a couple people, Roger, who are, like, grooving. Like, there's a couple that are really into it. It seems like they really, really like it. Very nice. New fan. You look past and you see three people standing in the audience. And they're like your least favorite people on the planet. Rival band Neanderthal is here watching your set. Nelka, the lead singer, is this just absolutely gorgeous human woman. You hate how attractive she is. It pisses you off. And she has this like long, perfect, obnoxiously perfect green hair and like um, a like GIF video shirt that's just like flashing all these different like little videos and stuff. And she's just standing there staring at you with her arms crossed and like a little smirk on her face as you play. I want to try and use my like charismatic impact. Okay. I'm trying to find out exactly what it does. But I want to try and convince my fans to open up a mosh pit around those guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so. Here comes that injury I was talking about. Right? <laughs> you know me so well. This is the first time I've we've used a roll skill. Something we didn't do when we were testing the system out. You know, I broke that when we were testing it too. I threw the grenade. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yep. Keep it up. I mean, we want to play the game to its fullest fucking extent. I just have to look it up, uh, which is fine. That's. I would be worried if we played the whole game and I didn't look anything up. Charismatic Impact is on page 144. Our first ever fucking roll ability, I think. And you're rank four? Yeah. 
Rocker Boy can have an impact on a group of fans up to six by getting a DV10 on their charismatic check, or a huge group of fans by beating a DV12. Okay, and there are, there's about, I'm gonna put a few, there's probably about 30 people watching the show is what I would say. So let me make the numbers a little bit more accurate here for you. I was looking at some of the suggestions about what I can do with my lower ranking impact, and I don't think it's too much to ask for fucking people listening to a rock concert to open up the pit. You would be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) A rocker boy can um, regularly hang out, provide booze, drugs, or party favors. What's that mean? To rocker boy. A large group, you can get them to buy their recordings or merch. Yeah, it's a little bit in the middle of the written examples, so I'm gonna call it a small group of fans. Because I think six people, in a group of 30, I think about six people is going to be what you're going to get from Mosh. So give me a DV10 charismatic impact roll. Let's give it a try. Charismatic impact plus 1d10, so it's 1d10 plus 4, I think. Oh, all right. I failed that. I got a 9. <laughs> One of them starts to Mosh, and Nelka, like, without looking just kind of like puts her hand up and just shoves them back and they like land on their butt and then she just smiles at you and it's she's it fucking infuriating she's (laughs) someone needs to like throw a guitar at her or something (laughs) i still have room in my trunk (laughs) (laughs) start the series off right (laughs) murder your opposition murder the opposition in between songs, I go over to Waffles and like, listen, you didn't do a good enough job, mate. Did you see the pit didn't open? That was your fault. Maybe they've heard the songs 74 <laughs> times because you won't write fucking new music. The fans like it. It's you. You didn't have your heart in it. You didn't have your heart in it. Oh, like, I can't even believe you would say that to me. I am the most dedicated. You are barely even moving. I didn't see one butt wiggle. I didn't see any hip thrust. I, uh, what the fuck are you doing? You know what? No, never mind. Never mind. Just finish the fucking set. That's why. Let's finish the show. Give me another play instrument and see how the second half goes. Thanks, I'm not doing a good job. <laughs> I want to gauge every Roger show off of how many butt wiggles there are now. <laughs> he tries a tiny bit Oh, I did one additional butt wiggle. One additional <laughs> butt wiggle. <laughs> you want to see a wiggle, mate? Look at this thing wiggling. All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gotta leave him one more. <laughs> so you you finished the set. It was okay. Uh, you can pocket 200 nano for right. your payment. Here you go, boys. Um, Waffles is just glaring at you. Wait, you're giving them the money? I will split the money with them. Split it four ways. Unless it's like 200 each. I feel like they're each going to get 200 because like they're all rocker boys, technically. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, here's yeah. your 200 then, Waffles. He looks at you he's like, I thought it was 250. No, it wasn't. Are you pocketing? No, I'm not. <laughs> and Cowboy Buffalo's like, Waffles, you gotta chill, my dude. Uh, Roger? Roger, can we talk for a second? What now, mate? I got business to attend to. The show's over. Look at the fans. They want me to come and mingle. 
I want you to mingle too, brother, but your butt's not wiggling like it used to. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just, I hadn't eaten before the show, and then Kellen offered me a grilled cheese like 10 minutes before we went on stage, and I couldn't eat because I was already in the outfit, and so I just, you know, I was low energy. Uh, and from behind you, you hear obnoxiously perfect sing-songy voice of Nelka being like, yeah, I'll agree with that. That was a very, uh, that was, that was a music. That was some songs that you played there, Roger. Listen, I don't want your criticism. I'm not criticizing you, Roger. I'm just here supporting local music. That was, that was a performance that you just did. Definitely performed. Listen, I could perform better on my worst day than you could on your best. Why are you being so hostile? And she kind of like steps like like right up next to you. Like uh, too close. Close in your personal bubble. She's like, Roger, you know that's not true. I actually was going to say, uh, I heard there was going to be new music, but I think I've heard all those songs before. You having some fighters plot? She puts her hand on your chest. Do you need a little need a little help loosening up? Uh, yeah. Why are you offering? And she she shrugs. She's like, you know, if you ever want to open up for us, maybe it'll give you some inspiration to hear, you know, someone with a little bit more experience, a little bit more charisma. Maybe it'll do you some good. Listen, I don't need any tips from you. The reason why you've heard all me songs before. It's because everybody's heard all me songs because I'm so fucking good and popular that people listen to me songs. Mm-hmm. Okay. My new music's going to be fucking great. You just watch. <laughs> I didn't say anything to the contrary, big guy. Why are you so uptight? I haven't had anything to eat all day. Mm. I stayed up all night. Yeah, it's late. Hard to keep up this lifestyle, I know. Well, hey, the offer stands... If you need any help or you want, you know, you want to need like a mentor or something, I'd be happy to let you open up for us or something like that. We could even give you a little bit of a cut. But listen, we're doing just fine on our own. She shrugs and turns around and Norin, Bubblebelly, and Nimrod, her other two bandmates, are just like laughing, like just giggling like fucking high school bullies. (laughs) And Nelka turns around and flashes you a smile. So I'll see you around, Roger. Yeah, I guess I'll see you around, even though I probably don't want to. You know, you're part of the world, even if I don't want you to be. <laughs> She's long gone. Who hangs out with a guy named Nimrod? Waffles is like, look, Roger, can we have a real talk here? I Roger, feel like all we do lately is have real talks. I, listen, I maybe went to one of Neanderthal's shows yesterday, and Nelka does have new music and it's pretty good and you really you're just gonna have to get over this like writer's block you got going on because we're gonna get left in the dust if you don't pull it together man you're gonna be the front man you're gonna be up front you gotta wiggle the butt all right fine i'm just gonna have to write out on our rider that we need more lunch you know they didn't provide us with the appropriate meal <laughs> yeah benny's like i don't know i've been mean, plenty of food i feel pretty good um, okay, so let's cut. Um, Sapphire, give me a... Give me a med tech roll. I'm trying to think that's going to be a 1d10 plus your skill. 
I don't really care for the gigs that medtechs have, so I'm just gonna base it on that. You want specifically medtech? Yeah, or first aid or paramedic. I think first aid would have like a lower DV. Like I'd say if you can roll over 16 first aid, then I'll pay you 200 nano. Paramedic, I'll pay you 400, but you're gonna have to roll over like 20 for paramedic, since that's gonna be like more of like someone came in with a gunshot wound or something. Well, it's the same percentage for both. So let's go for paramedic. You shouldn't have told me that. Now I know that. Now I can- <laughs> I mean, oh no. Now I can change it. That's a 17 paramedic. I'm not quite there. To continue your rough night, Sapphire, unfortunately, a kid, you know what I mean? Like, shouldn't be on the street, shouldn't be edge running, maybe maybe 19, comes in with a gunshot wound, and you just, you aren't able to, you aren't able to pull him through it. Of course not. You don't, like, think it's your fault or anything? He was pretty messed up, but just weren't quite able to do it. About tracks for the night. I think Sapphire's just gonna, like, actually just <laughs> sleep in here after she gets through all that pass okay. out on one of the other bed beds. It'll be considered crowded, which will give you a negative one to everything tomorrow, but you can absolutely do that. That's okay. With that, we're going to wrap up our episode for the week. Uh, thank you listeners so much for tuning in to our first ever Cyberpunk Red episode. This is Retrograde Infinitum. Thank you so much players, especially our new players, Emily and Annie. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, everybody, what we need you to do for this first episode is go leave us a review. These are super vital for all the algorithms and everything like that. So if you're um, on Spotify, you just scroll all the way up to the top and uh, drop five stars. If you're on Apple, write a review. Don't just leave stars. I don't know why, but Apple does not like star-only reviews. So write a review. Uh, Let us know who your favorite character is, what you like, or whatever. Um, This just really helps the podcast grow and get shared with everybody and things of that nature. Uh, Also, if you want to support the show on Patreon, you absolutely can. Uh, New patrons at $10 or higher will get a brand new Prismatic Retrograde Infinitum sticker. While I have them, these are exclusive. I'm only going to print these once. So this is just while supplies last. If you're coming into this late, then hop on Discord and make sure to ask me if I still have any before you sign up. But that's on Patreon. And lastly, please join the Discord. That's discord.gg slash the homebrew podcast. Everything that you need to know and an amazing community and access to all sorts of other shows are all right there on the Discord. That's discord.gg slash the homebrew podcast. I will see all of you beautiful people next week. Thank you for listening to the homebrew. Special thanks to Maiko for the intro track titled New City. Our story has come to a close for the week, and that means it's time to thank our listener sponsors, starting with Samuel Pierce, who shall forever be emblazoned upon the homebrew wall of fame as our first Crusher Mania season pass holder. Thanks for believing in us, Sam. As well as Ryan, a longtime listener. Don't forget about Tara Hoffman, that one ender who thought rolling down the window in space was safe. Uh, Rest in peace, Tara. Watch out for Adrian Josie, the silent assassin who just broke out of the prison colony on Hadria. And Trevor, zombie dad, Belmont, hunter of the unholy. You're a bastard, Trevor, but you're the bastard I choose to fight alongside. Special thanks to the last guppy, last of his kind, in search of a new home. 
and Austin Katzenberger, the inventor of the cat burger and secret nemesis of Ricky Rat. Check out Austin's project at foldsofhonor.org. And Timon King, previously a longtime listener of Galaxy to Galaxy Radio, who hacked their location and joined the crew. I knew I should have set up that extra firewall. Oh well. Of course, there's Colossus, a rock column formed in nature and then lost in the stars. Hope to see you again someday, Colossus. Here's to you, Tritus, the fifth cog. Best damn warforged gunslinger this side of the Milky Way. And Odin, the egg thief. Get your damn hands off my goddamn eggs, Odin. Keep an eye out for Zip, a tiny adventurer seeking to help his parents. Good luck, little guy. And Brendan Baker, a simple slaughterer for beef. I'm sure Mr. Goy would approve. There's been another sighting of ghostly Bigfoot. Grundle's long-lost friend and fellow abomination. Gotta be more careful, big guy, or they're gonna find you one of these days. And the illustrious Kantuka Numba, a tamer of dragons and creator of musical delights. Special thanks to Ariar, the warforged monk who joined the crew in search of their missing car keys. They're always the last place you look. Might want to watch out for Zuma, a mortal who is searching the galaxy for a cure to the disease he is cursed to spread. Probably going to need to keep six feet, or maybe six light years from this guy. Incoming SOS from Captain Joe Rogers says here he's stuck on Terra in a future beyond all comprehension. Whatever that means. Special thanks to Chaos Incarnate, destroyer of the multiverse, forever trapped in a frying pan. Hopefully not Grundle's frying pan. Can't forget about Den the Friend, the governor of flowers. Nap with him in the rolling fields of flowers. Experience having a true friend. What's the deal with all this fungus among us lately, you ask? Well, you can thank Trip for all that. You know, Trip, the druid that chooses to fight the darkness with mushrooms. Well, hey, at least they seem like a fun guy. Can't forget about Zero, the time-traveling druid. Wait, who? Three cheers for Cerberus Rising. An improbable pirate pulling off improbable heists when they're not being a danger to everyone. And we can't forget about Finn M, the Ace of Spades. I wonder what other cards he got up his sleeve. Hmm, we better watch out for this fella, Chris Madison. He's the Vape King. He'll smoke ya. Welcome aboard Stand, a sentient celestial music stand who fell through a planar rift and appeared in the Hawk's cargo bay one day. Maybe I should multiclass into Bard. Can't forget about the Defiant. Join the crew. Just a game with Grundle. Yeah, and he's really good, too. A little too good, if you ask me. Welcome, Sarmoth. The dream-weaving shadow of exile. Embrace the shadows. Unleash the dream. Find out about our Patreon offerings at patreon.com slash thehomebrew, and we'll see you next week.